Welcome to Absorbing Yellow SpongeBob Deep Dive, the podcast where me and my friends talk about the making of and our adoration for SpongeBob SquarePants. My name is Sam Roberts, and I've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. We got a great episode planned for you today. We've got uh, some listener mail. We've got our uh, famous segment with love. We got a tiny little bit of um, trivia for you uh, before we get into the episode of the day, which is of course the last episode, aka the Sponge Who Could Fly. Before all that, though, I want to hear from you. Uh, what is your favorite episode and or moment from SpongeBob SquarePants? Write in to Sponge at SpamRobots.com. You can either write about it or uh, send in a voice memo and we'll play it on the air. And um, we're going to read all of them once in a big old uh, grab bag, mail bag, etc., etc. Now, if you've been listening for a few weeks, you know that I've said for several weeks, it's going to happen next week. And I know that I'm just beginning to sound like um, your father, not because he left home. Don't it's n- don't make those jokes on this show. Like when your father promises he's gonna take you to Chuck E. Cheese and it just still hasn't happened, and he's like, next week maybe. You know, I don't. It, it's honestly not a very good example. But look, I don't have a very good ex- uh, uh, excuse other than me and Sarah didn't have time to record it this week. So it's gonna happen someday. We're gonna read all your responses. I've got a whole bunch, but also there's several of you that have not written it in yet. Um, so do that. Um, and we'll do it some someday before the movie comes out. So anyway, okay, let's jump into some listener mail. Let's see. Gary, 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 Gary. Hey, a magazine! This bit of mail comes from Beyond. He's written a few times. He says, did you know? I think you actually missed a joke. Well, actually, it's not actually that funny, but it's still a joke. So at 31 uh, minutes, an audio is played, and here it goes. Oh, by the way, uh, he wrote in after uh, uh, Midlife Crustacean. Right? Uh, no, born again crabs. So this is, he's referring to that. Okay. Uh, he says, quote, uh, Mr. Krabs says, huh? Someone tried to throw away a patty. Machine. Uh, Pinchomatic has saved you 5.2 cents. SpongeBob. But Mr. Krabs, I found that under the grill. Mr. Krabs. And tomorrow, a customer will find it under his bun. SpongeBob. But it's old and cold and so very full of mold. Mr. Krabs. You're, to make, you're not to make another patty until that one is sold. Understand? Beyond then says, uh, now if you take a look at all the words, uh, but in bold, get it? Question mark. All the words rhyme. Old, cold, mold, and sold. Coincidence? I think not. Very good observation beyond very good joke. I will rate that one joke out of joke. If you have thoughts and questions like Beyond did, remember, write into spongespamrobots.com while we're still together uh, before uh, the clock strikes midnight and the podcast ends in a few weeks. Um, By the way, fun anecdote. I was talking to somebody, like a friend, uh, a couple months ago. And I was telling him about my, you know, the podcast and how fun it is and stuff, but how, um, you know, my plan all along has been to just catalog the first three seasons uh, and the film uh, with some bonus episodes uh, on top. You know, it's the bonus croutons of life or whatever they say in the culinary arts. Um, and they're like, oh, no, don't stop after the movie. You should keep going. And they're like, just think of something like clever to like put a twist on the show and i just really think that you should keep going and i was very flattered i was like oh my gosh do you listen to the podcast they're like well i mean i was like you don't listen to the podcast do you and they're like well no but i was like why do you care if i keep the podcast going anyway i'm just gonna assume that they're just care about my happiness or something i don't know but I don't know why I'm talking about this. Write into spongespamrobots.com if you have thoughts or questions on on the show itself um okay Let's jump into our segment with love. Hello? I love you. I got a very brief with love, um, partly because I need more time for what's coming up next. Um, But this is a a very obvious um, little 
uh, bit of the show, of how this show is made with love. And it's so obvious, and in a sense, there's so much, uh, like, just information about it out there that I haven't really touched it a ton on the podcast except through passing, um, and that's specifically the voice talent. And I think that, you know, it goes without saying, and therefore it's worth saying, the voice talent on SpongeBob is incredible, specifically, of course, Tom Kenny as SpongeBob SquarePants. Like I said, there's so much out there. I mean, honestly, I think that for whatever reason, um, when different media companies and stuff like that are covering the show, you just naturally think like, oh, we should interview the voice cast. And I appreciate that. Um, but I know for me growing up, I always wanted to see like the director or the writers or something being interviewed just because I, I knew like, I mean, the voice cast, like they're integral to the show, but um, they're not like, quote unquote, making it. They're, they're kind of towards like the back end of, you know, the end product or whatever. But that said, th- there are tons of really interesting and fun podcasts and interviews and stuff with Tom Kenny, Bill Figerbaki, the whole crew. Um, that you should totally check out. Um, here's just one really pleasant quote um, that I pulled from uh, towards the end of um, an oral history of SpongeBob SquarePants. This comes from Tom Kenny himself. He says, quote, I love going to the studio and looking at the world through SpongeBob's eyes for four hours. It's really fun. And that's really what it what it entails, just going in and being him, thinking like him, ad-libbing like him, and singing like him. All your mental energy uh, goes into being him and not being you. We're totally concentrating on SpongeBob and Patrick and Bikini Bottom and making the jokes work in the context of that reality. And it is a reality. As crazy as it is, this weird other dimension where fireworks underwater, snails meow, and anchovies show up for the bus, the best cartoons are like that. The Simpsons Springfield feels like a real place, and even as crazy as Tex Avery's world is, it feels like you could take a left-hand turn and see Screwy Squirrel. I had no idea SpongeBob would be this hugely popular, but I wanted to do it. Even if I were... Sorry, even if it was never going to be more than a seven-minute short, I just really, really, really wanted to be that little yellow square. I think that's so delightful because you really can tell Tom Kenny freaking loves being SpongeBob. He did then and he still does today. Um, and he is SpongeBob more than just obviously, you know, um, he's he's the voice of SpongeBob, but like SpongeBob, he makes that character. And of course, like it, there's people writing him and, and these other guys like, uh, you know, in the process of creating him and, and forming him and stuff. But SpongeBob would not be SpongeBob. We're not were it not for Tom Kenny. So shouts out to Tom Kenny. Okay. Um, time for some trivia clock. So we'll do a little trivia clock sound. Okay. Here's the thing though. I have for some reason so much freaking trivia for this episode. Uh, it, it would be more appropriate to call this a trivia dump today. Cause we are backing up a, a dump truck full of trivia and just, I'm going to pour it on to you. You know, some episodes I'm really scraping the bottom of the barrel, um, trying to find little bits of trivia to, to give you the kind viewers because you've been such good boys and girls this week. You did all your homework and stuff, you know, and I'm just like, they deserve some trivia and stuff. Um, th- this week, I don't, you didn't, I can just say as a matter of fact, 
No offense, you do not deserve as much tribute as you're going to get um, this week. Okay, um, with that weird transition in place, let's jump into some trivia. Um, first, I've got a uh, cute quote from Mark O'Hare. So Mark O'Hare was a writer and storyboard artist on the show during the first three seasons. Um, I'm going to first open uh, with a quote from the start of an oral history of SpongeBob SquarePants, um, just because A, I thought it was like a, a very nice quote, um, and B, to kind of um, remind you where he came from. So. He says, quote, at the time SpongeBob got going, I was shifting away from animation and Nickelodeon. I was busy doing a comic strip called Citizen Dog during the early SpongeBob days. So uh, I was on the periphery periphery of that and looking in. I had moved to Orange County. My wife started teaching and her fifth graders would do these overnight field trips to Dana Point on this old ship called the Pilgrim. College kids dressed up as uh, these uh, Santee uh, seamen and, and perform a sort of boot camp. They yell and holler and scare the kids and make them do chores, sing songs, and build up the seafaring camaraderie uh, while teaching them about the ocean. It's so great. I mentioned it to Steve one time, Steve Hillenberg, of course, and he tells me he used to work on the Pilgrim when it first started and that the director is still a good friend of his. I was so blown away. Uh, It wasn't until then I fully appreciated the degree to which Steve put himself into SpongeBob. So I just thought that was very nice. But more uh, pertinent to this episode, uh, another quote from Mark O'Hare comes later in, in Oral History of SpongeBob SquarePants. He says this, quote, Derek would call me out of the blue for freelance, and it was uh, tough to know the context of stuff. I remember they gave me this bad synthesizer song and told me to just do some kind of weird talk to it. So I animated this bizarre SpongeBob walk and turned it in, and that was that. Later on, Derek referred to it as, quote, the lost episode walk. (laughs) So I just figured that it ended up on the cutting room floor, like a lot of stuff you end up doing in animation. I had no idea that he was referring to the actual name of the show, the lost episode, that is. That's pretty fun. Okay, um, speaking of Steve Hillenberg, though, this episode is one of the few episodes in general, but especially of season three, um, that actually has a DVD commentary. Uh, And this one is with um, Steven Hillenberg, um, and Tom Kenny, very delightful. If you get the chance um, to listen to it, would recommend. Um, I'm not gonna, you know, read you the entire transcript verbatim or anything, um, but I'm just gonna kind of scroll through and I kind of uh, bolded some stuff that I thought was um, somewhat interesting. I should also say that some of this is gonna come up in our conversation um, with our guests later, and I'm gonna try and not uh, repeat, you know, trivia's, uh, but I'm sure that some of it's gonna slip through. So sorry. Okay, uh, let's see. Um, for one. This I just thought was delightful. Listening to the audio commentary, it was the first time that Tom Kenny had watched the episode. And so he's just, you can hear him chuckling the whole time. And he's like, this is really good. And I just thought that was really sweet. Um, a smoke machine was used to make the steam in uh, Patchy the Pirate's bathroom. So that's fun. Um, uh, Steven Hillenberg specifically wanted uh, the Remembering SpongeBob montage to feel like an Oscar remembrance thing. He says also that the idea behind this whole episode was that there's always a lost show on different shows. Um, so they decided, let's do a lost episode where you got to find it with a treasure map because that kind of fits the you know um, nautical theme of the show. Um, fun fact about Patchy the Pirate filming uh, the trials of Monkey Island. Um, Tom Kenny says that he has an incredible sensitivity to spinning in circles. Um, and when they filmed the scene where uh, uh, Patchy is like kind of on the merry-go-round thing, um, they everything that you see on there, they filmed... Uh, they, they actually had a stand in, get ready for the shot and everything. They laid Tom Kenny down. They spun him around once, spun him around twice, 
And then he got up and immediately went over to a trash can and started throwing up. Um, and there were a whole bunch of kids on site, some like, you know, uh, filming for the episode, obviously. But then a bunch of others were just kind of at the park. They said that one um, kid started calling him Pukey the Pirate, which is very funny. Um, the guy that created the piece of music that you hear over the walk cycle uh, used to tour with Beck. He was a keyboardist. So that's cool. Um, and Steve Hillenberg specifically asked him to, to try and just use ocean samples uh, for the song. Um, the clerk that you hear later in the episode, Tom Kenny gives a shout out and says that it's uh, the the voice of Bill Fagerbacke that you're hearing. And he says, quote, you wouldn't think he could get his voice up that high. So that's fun. Um, later, Tom Kenny says um, at the end of uh, the second song uh, that he tried really hard to, to hit the note <laughs> at the end of the song, but he just couldn't do it. And he took several takes trying to do it, but just couldn't hit it. Um, and when the news anchor fish pops up, Steve Hillenberg says uh, that that fish is a fish I bought as at a swap meet, um, a stuffed fish, some kind of jack, he says. Um, he later says, um, even when the crowd is acting like jerks, he thinks that they're funny and it's very quite silly, which is just an interesting kind of like peek into kind of how his brain works, where he's like not trying to make it feel like mean spirited or anything, where even if people are being mean, it has to be like funny and silly, right? He also says um, they get asked a lot why SpongeBob is in his underwear all the time on the show. Um, and he says that the answer is that he's a kid. He's a kid-like character, um, and kids just run around in their underwear all the time. And then this is just the last little fun thing. There's a scene where we see some scallops fly by, and he points out, uh, oh, those are scallops, and they actually do kind of fly in water. They kind of, I guess, I don't know fly through the ocean so shout out to scallops okay um now to my also incredibly long list of other trivia uh bill fagerbacke is listed in the credits as patrick's grandpa and carolyn lawrence is listed as sandy but neither of them are in this so that's interesting um the clown that you see at the end of the episode on patchy's tv is played by uh kent osborne um steven hillenberg of course plays the miner that you see holding the tape um i thought last week was the last episode uh that uh, jay lender and sam henderson were credited on incorrect they actually storyboarded all of the live action scenes this episode so that's fun um there's a special thanks in the um credits to derek dryman uh, creative director of the show so that's really interesting um, and then also a special thanks to Otto's Import store in Delicatessen uh, which is obviously a reference to um, Don's uh, market uh, that we see later <laughs> in the episode I think they kind of just put the word Don over Otto and Don um, I'm not going to tell you who that's referring to because that's really fun and I'm going to bring it up later in the episode um, I'm pretty sure that this was shot at Abraham Lincoln Park next to Buena Vista Branch Library so that's good. Um, this is an interesting little tidbit. Uh, we see on the TV when uh, Patchy runs away from home, um, Potty's like, get back in here. The episode's actually starting. And on the TV, it says episode 118 is about to start. Now, technically, this is actually the 115th episode officially, if you're counting just like the half um, hour segments or whatever, or the half, half hour, the 11 minute segments. Um, and it's the 107th of those segments to air. Um, but the episode's production code is 217. Uh, and because the original version of the pilot help wanted doesn't have a production code, um, in other words, it would be 100. That means that if we're counting the theme song as the production codes do, this was actually the 118th feature to be put into production. 
So that's neat. It is episode 118, kind of technically. Uh, along with this episode, uh, there was a sweepstakes that, that ran alongside it, um, known as the SpongeBob SquarePants, the last episode sweepstakes. It was a contest held on March 21st, 2003, hosted by Nickelodeon. Uh, the contest was based on this episode, obviously. Um, by calling 1-800-324-4409, the viewer could win prizes. The grand prize of the contest included a trip to Jamaica, $1,000, a treasure chest filled with various SpongeBob merchandise, and a treasure chest filled with... Twinkies. 500 first prize winners would win a special t-shirt based on the episode, Sponge Who Could Fly. This is really funny to me. The episode was released on VHS uh, uh, the Lost, or Lost at Sea, as well as the DVD of the same name, on March 4th, 2003, 17 days before it aired on American television. Now, this happens all the time. It still happens today, where an episode will end up on like streaming or DVD before it ends up aired on t- television. But that's just really funny to me, because the whole gimmick of this episode is that it's a quote-unquote last episode that they haven't found yet, and you're going to see it live. So, I don't know. It's silly. Um, uh, excluding the Patrick the Pirate segments, this episode is only about... 16 minutes long, longer than the other um, patchy specials in the past. So that's fun. Uh, SpongeBob is colloquially called the Birdman of Bikini Bottom in this episode, a nickname also bestowed upon Robert Stroud, the quote-unquote Birdman of Alcatraz, or California humor. Maybe intentional? I don't know. Um, there's a kid's book based on this episode, which I owned because I got it from the Scholastic Book catalog or whatever. So that's cool. It came with these toys. But my parents usually didn't like it when I bought like the, you know, licensed books. They're like, we want you to read something real, like Captain Underpants. Um, there were tie-in promotions uh, made for this episode with Burger King, which uh, released, of course, a series of toys uh, with their Mighty Kids meals or whatever. Um, the toy line consisted of eight figures, including SpongeBob, Silly Squirter, uh, Swing Time Patrick, Jellyfish Fields, Plankton Bubble Up, Squirt and Whistle Squidward, uh, plus Shagan SpongeBob, Karate Chop Sandy, and Gravity Defying Gary. I think I had Karate Chop Sandy and SpongeBob, Silly Squirter. Cool toys. Uh, each of the toys released included a quote-unquote clue card containing a SpongeBob SquarePants character riddle. By visiting Nickelodeon's website, the viewers could answer the riddle in order to win digital SpongeBob trading cards. Uh, they could also enter a sweepstakes to win an at-home SpongeBob SquarePants party for 25 people, uh, where the sponge who could fly was viewed on the winner's new large-screen television. I enjoy that. It's not, you know plasma screen or a home theater or anything you'll just get a, a new screen a new tv with a big screen um the live action scenes in this episode were directed by mark osborne brother of the episode storyboard director kent osborne you might also know him um, for having directed kung fu panda as well as all the live action segments of the spongebob movie um and then lastly i never confirmed this i could never get to the bottom of this But I had a note from when we covered SpongeBob House Party. There is this weird still in that episode where at the very beginning, uh, when they're kind of talking about everything that you're going to get this episode, they say there will be punch, cookies, explosions, and a brand new episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. And when they say that, there's this wild drawing of SpongeBob walking over a hill that looks extremely like the walk cycle from this episode. It, I can't help but wonder, like, was that meant to be in this one? And they just, like, by mistake put it over here? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know anything. But if you know something, leave a review uh, and have uh, help other people find the podcast. Write into spongespamrobots.com or uh, my favorite thing, um, send this podcast to your aunt and tell her, um, did you see what's in the vaccine? And then tell, tell me. Um, what she thinks of the podcast. I'm sure that she'll be really into it. 
And let's just freaking bring the guests in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Absorbing Yellow SpongeBob Deep Dive. With us today is Sarah Wadka and the uh, famed uh, friend of Sarah that she maybe has or hasn't mentioned on the podcast before, Liz. Welcome, Liz. Hello. Thank you. Oh, I forgot to get the... Uh, the crowd applause ready. Uh, there we go. Welcome, Liz, to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Glad to have you. Welcome to the podcast. Um, uh, Sarah, could you please, uh, you're better suited to introduce your friend, Liz. Um, you've hyped her up quite a bit. Again, mm -hmm. no pressure, Liz. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, God. What the heck is she doing on this podcast? Who is she? Well, who is she? You know, who isn't she is the better question. Whoa. But <laughs> no. um, Liz and I have known each other for a very long time. We met in sixth grade mm. and we were friends ever since. I don't know if we bonded over SpongeBob. We probably bonded over other things first, yeah. like music. Mm -hmm. um, we were both in choir together mm. and all throughout middle school and high school for the most part. And um, Liz is hilarious and talented mm. and funny and wonderful and just uh you know one of my best friends on god's green freaking earth so nice. <laughs> but yes we we both uh would i i guess the reason i've mentioned her on the podcast mm -hmm. is because we would would and do yeah quote spongebob a lot i mean we still literally today before we yeah. even started watching spongebob we were quoting it yeah yeah <laughs> it's a way of life you know it is a it way of is. life it really is. It it's it chooses you more yeah, than we didn't yeah. choose it, but you know we would have if we could have. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> Speaking of Liz, please tell us how did SpongeBob uh, come to choose you? Did you oh, grow up watching yeah. it from a child, or, or were you a, a late adopter? I yeah, I grew up watching it as a child. Um, I started watching it. Well, I guess what it came out in 1999, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was obsessed with it from the get-go. My brother mm. and I really liked it. So my brother mm. was three years older than me. And there weren't a lot of shows that we, like, loved together. Mm. Mm. And this was one of the shows that we would, like, legitimately laugh out loud to. And, yeah. like, still quote to this day. Yeah. So, yeah, I... Am I allowed to cuss? Yeah, you can do okay. that. Okay. I love SpongeBob. Still do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and now when I watch it, I get something different out of it. Like literally every time I watch it, it's yeah, insane. Yeah. It's the best show ever. That's great. I agree. I'm obviously biased, but I really do think yeah. it's the best show ever. <laughs> it and really it's... is. The first three seasons. Yes. Exactly. Of course, Thank you. Of course. Not that we have to say that, but but yes, exactly. Uh -huh. That's yeah, great. I was thinking too that I've probably mentioned on the podcast when I visited you, we watched like many episodes, yeah. including the yeah. Wet Painters episode. Yeah, yeah. And, like you and David watch it, and so yeah, it's just it's uh -huh. still bringing all everyone together. That's great. Even as adults. Yeah. That's like so fun. Gauge for if I'm going to get along with someone really well. I'm like, you get me, you know, yep. I've so literally cool. used the exact same gauge and like, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, I mean, you know, it's like 
How do I put this? Like when when I was first dating my now wife Morgan, or like when we went on a couple dates, I just like nonchalantly like quoted SpongeBob. I don't even remember what it was, but she mm-hmm. laughed very hard at it, and that was like one of the key indicators. Yeah. I say all that with an asterisk of like I'm an adult, and I like you know we could have dated even if she didn't like SpongeBob or whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, <sure>. But <laughs> I it, it was and the same thing for just like you know platonic friends and and uh, the such. I was just like. If they laugh at SpongeBob or get it, it's just like there's just this entire like gold mine mm-hmm. of like, yes. okay, we have something to talk about or quote or whatever, you know, but yeah. Yes. I had the same moment with my boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I found out he loves SpongeBob, I literally like texted Sarah and I was yes. like, yes. Uh-huh. That's so like, funny. I asked him about you yeah. so I was like, okay, so let's talk about it. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Some of my best <laughs> friends in college, I could tell. Like, especially because it wasn't just, I don't even know, like what, uh, like they weren't just quoting like, bring it around town or something, but they would right. quote like, ravioli, ravioli, give <laughs> yeah, me the formula. <laughs> like a much more like deep cut quote. It's just mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. yeah, B-sides, <laughs> deep tracks only. Like, anyway, SpongeBob's so great. I, oh. uh, we should start a podcast about it, but. Um, yeah, we should. <laughs> anyway, hey, speaking of. Uh, I, a bird told a, the grapevine, I heard that you have a favorite episode, Liz, uh, and Sarah super overhyped it right before, followed by not to overhype it. Um, (laughs) but I, you said that I could probably guess it. Should I try and guess it? I want you to try to guess it because I, I feel like it's guessable. Hmm. You said so quickly, like, you'll be able to guess it. So I want to, is it Band Geeks? Is that your favorite yeah, episode? Yes. Nice. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, course, yeah, yeah. Right? It's, uh-huh. it's one of the best TV. It is. Ever. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay. And that was literally, like, a life-changing moment for me. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. not to be dramatic, but, like, yeah. <laughs> when my, I remember where I was when yeah. Band Geeks was playing. Like, mm-hmm. in my brother's room, we were watching it. Our jaws, like, literally dropped. Uh-huh. And then we ran upstairs and like told my parents about it. We were like, oh my God, this episode on SpongeBob. Yeah. But yeah, it's literally, mm-hmm. it's so good. And I feel like, yeah, it's it's the best. Yeah. There's yeah. So, obviously so many other ones, but that one right. really stands out. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was interesting to me that you remembered literally you were what in the basement. Yeah. In, right. in Del- no, this was in New York. Oh, in New York. In the basement in my brother's room. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's just like because it was so monumental right. like right. formative for uh-huh. yeah oh it, it really is i mean it's my favorite episode too yeah Wait, your favorite episode band geeks is my favorite episode oh, yeah. as well yeah because yeah. yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> it's perfect it's just the perfect episode in a lot of ways it's a pretty unconventional episode because spongebob's not even really the main character of it but like you get true, all of yeah. bikini bottom it's super <laughs> weird but has like a ton of like heart and mm-hmm. then just has like the craziest, most like epic ending, you know. Yeah. And as we're even thinking about like, because on the podcast we're gonna start covering like the movie soon, and the end of that movie, I think, is totally like we're just gonna do the end of Band Geeks again because like <laughs> it was so not obvious at the start, but just abruptly ending with like a rock song and mm-hmm. SpongeBob like not even close to his voice singing, you know. It's just like so perfect that they're just like we should just do this a second time like but it's, it's so, so good. good i think i'll try it a second yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah anyway oh, that's man. great 
Yeah. Hey, speaking of uh, monumental episodes, so I remember, so today we're going to be discussing the last episode, aka The Sponge Who Could Fly. Um, and I remember it, and I remember it being hyped up a ton, but in doing a little bit of research for this episode, I learned, um, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was the most viewed episode live uh, of the first three seasons. Um, and specifically the pilot, like you were referencing earlier from 1999, which aired right after the uh, Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards, um, I guess had 6.9 million viewers uh, Like while it was airing. This one had 7 million viewers, um, which is crazy because that's the entire world's population. I'm just kidding. It's a <laughs> population joke. But anyway, um, so I just want to ask um, first, or maybe, you know, I'll, I'll play this first clip because we kind of... It's Apache special, so um, the episode doesn't really start till like a ways into the episode. But um, so here we get the the French narrator will will uh, tee up for us, um, kind of the premise and the hype around this episode going into it. Last week, a never before seen episode of SpongeBob SquarePants was discovered under a desk at Nickelodeon Studios. Now all the world is waiting in fevered anticipation to watch the SpongeBob SquarePants Lost Episode. Now to present the Lost Episode from Encino, California, the president of the SpongeBob SquarePants fan club, Patchy the Pirate. <laughs> And then we fade in and <laughs> patchy in the shower or whatever. But um, do you guys remember like this episode coming out um, and the hype around it at all? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My best friend and I literally were on the phone the entire time this episode really? was airing because we were so excited. They hyped it up so much. Yeah. And we were like, I remember, I remember the moment I was like where uh-huh. I was in my yeah. living room waiting for this episode to come out. It was super yeah. hyped. Mm-hmm. Did you have similar? I remember I remember the hype. I do not remember much of the episode because while yeah. we were watching it, I was like, right. That really happened. Um, right. But I remember tons of commercials. Okay. And then I was reading that Burger King did like a bunch of toys. Yeah. Like some, I don't know. All of the toys had to relate with the episode, even though it's okay. done because like there was a Squidward toy and a Sandy oh, toy really? and neither yeah. of them are in the episode. But yeah. Um, Anyway, I remembered like the yeah. marketing for it too. Yeah. When I was reading all about this, I was like, oh yeah, that's like an actual memory I have, even though I all I remembered was that the pants blew up or whatever. Right. But um so I don't remember actually watching it, but I remember all of the commercials for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The commercials had him in that the black suit that he was in. Mm-hmm. I remember that image showed shown a lot in the commercials. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think some some clips of him like sitting on the jellyfish too yeah, there was some yeah, of that yeah. maybe like posters or something but uh-huh. i remember the marketing i mean they yeah. did a great job with that yeah. if they were trying to get people to watch and clearly it right. worked like, right if yeah the whole world watched the funny thing about spongebob is yeah they have episodes like this where like the marketing is like insane they get a ton of <laughs> eyes on it but it whether you remember or not i think really does come down to the quality because i think in, in a sense like the better episodes just get replayed a ton and that's kind of what cements it in your brain. Cause this is an episode that I wouldn't be surprised if like, after I watched it this morning, if that was like the second time ever that I'd seen it, because even like 
Sarah, when we were discussing like our favorite songs from the show SpongeBob, that until that moment, I completely forgot like, oh, this episode's like this a musical. Music, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just thought it was about him like being able to fly or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the marketing leading up to it, I remember them advertising like as if it was like this like news that they were just trying to break out to as many people as they can. Like, guys, we found a lost episode. Yeah. And I totally bought it when I was a kid. I was like, what? How does that happen? How do you lose an episode? And like, I just imagined that there was probably like an orange VHS tape somewhere, you know, that like because that's yeah. how episodes were made apparently they just saved one to one vhs tape like um and i remember it really bothered me like i know it takes a lot of work to make a cartoon like how do they just misplace you know and i even again being the pedantic child that i was was like i mean the animation clearly looks like season three like or at least like the newer episodes so like this can't be from like you know the first season or whatever you know but but then i th- I believe that I watched it live when it happened because the commercials leading up to it, Patchy finds the tape. And I don't remember this, but I read that they had like guest stars on helping him find it, like Whoopi Goldberg yeah. and Jennifer Love Hewitt and um, Randy Savage. It was one of them. Yeah. Just the most like early 2000s uh, like crowd that you can think of or whatever. Yeah. But, um, but I thought it was so funny because then in this opening scene with Patchy, uh, Potty is like, it's time to play the episode. And he's like, but I found it, but then I lost it again. And it felt very much like uh, like trying to have their cake and eat it too, where mm-hmm. they're like, he needs to find the tape in the commercials leading up to the episode. But we also kind of want to have part of the episode be him finding the tape. Yeah. So we're just going to off screen be like, he lost it again. And, <laughs> and like, it doesn't really make sense when you think about it. Like, why would it be buried? If he, if Patchy just misplaced it, why would there be a map to find it and stuff? But but regardless, I I literally don't think it like it was until like a couple of years later that I put it together as a kid of like oh, like it was one of the first times I understood marketing and that I was like manipulated to be excited <laughs> yeah, right? about something you know. So I was like, I don't think they actually did lose the episode. I think that they wrote it to be this way, you know. But anyway, uh, did yeah. you find any of the footage where the like with Jennifer Love Hewitt or Whoopi Goldberg or? I found some commercials, but I couldn't find yeah any of those guest appearances. I I could I did find uh, footage of um, Jennifer Love Hewitt and I think Dana Carvey on the SpongeBob House Party episode. Um, oh, that was the other special. Oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 yeah. But I, but none from this one, which is weird because if seven million people watch it, you would think that there'd be more like you know footage yeah. of it or whatever. But yeah, but yeah, That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. We we were talking earlier about how um, Patchy only showed up in these like specials, right. and there were only three, right? Of this season, at least. Yeah, I'm trying to well, think okay, off the top yeah. of my head. There are so in the in the second season, there's um, uh, uh, the Christmas special in Shanghai. <laughs> oh, um, right. And then Never the third mind. season, there's SpongeBob BC, the house party, and this one. Okay. Um, so I think he there appears. Yeah, mm-hmm. just the five times, but yeah, yeah. So with that though, I'm curious. I, I, Sarah, I don't know if I've had you on a Patchy episode yet. So for either I don't of think you, so. what do you think of Patchy? Do you like him? Do you hate him? You want to go first? Sir? Um, yes. Let's say at the exact same time. One, two, three. We, we don't, don't really like, like Patchy. Wow. <laughs> 
that was a very specific sentence structure to say it in unison. But but yeah, talk about that. I don't think that that's an unpopular opinion. So I don't feel like he added that much value. I remember yeah. like as a kid just wanting his part to be over to uh-huh. get to the episode. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And that may have just been all of the anticipation from the marketing and just being manipulated. I was like, let's go, you know? Right. But yeah. I, yeah, I wasn't a fan. I didn't really like him as a kid. And even watching it like today, I was like, eh. Yeah. Right. It's right. still, it, it wasn't that funny to me yeah. as I watched as a kid. And it isn't that funny to me now. Right. I think he had like one or two lines where I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Right. Um, but even the fact that, I mean, I guess it's cool to see what Tom Kenny looks like, but like, as right. I mean, you can Google him. So, right. yeah. yeah I, what What do you think of Patchy? Yeah, I, you know, I when I was a kid, I was probably somewhere between indifferent and like liking his segments or whatever. But I think if I liked them, it was just because it was they were special. It meant that the episode yeah, was sure. like a special event or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure that I felt like what you're describing, Liz, of like. If it was special, I was like, okay, get to the episode. Like, I want to watch the new SpongeBob episode, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that, too, when I was a kid, I could even tell the difference. Like, there is a... I mean, like, the quality of the the actual cartoon was always better than the patchy segments. But then even, like, the in-episode patchy segments were, like head and shoulders above the all the commercial materials that patchy was in. So when he'd be, like, whatever that... uh, like Friday show, like you pick live or whatever, where they had like live action hosts, like up next, Rugrats, whatever, you know, and occasionally he would come on there and it was just like so obvious that they're like, can we get him in the costume and just kind of like ad lib some stuff or whatever, you know, um, to then today as an adult, I think most of the episodes that he's in, I'm like, okay, come on. Like it does feel a little bit more like it. They're padding for time, you know? Yeah. I will maintain that the first his first appearance, which is the Christmas special, I think that all of the patchy stuff is like hilarious in that. Mm-hmm. But I but because it was like just this funny novel like one-off idea then and they were intentionally spoofing like all the people that made this cartoon grew up, you know, like watching like the Howdy Doody show and stuff where there'd be like a clown or like Mr. Rogers type person or whatever introducing what cartoon you were watching next. And it was always super (laughs) low budget, low quality. Um, And so they're like, let's try and ape that as much as possible, you know, Mm -hmm. and make this look like, cause that's the episode where like patchy gets frustrated with potty and like yanks on potty strings and a full (laughs) human man falls from the ceiling. (laughs) And then it like cuts the commercial. Like That's so funny. Like that's like, not just like corny, you know? Um, But so anyway, so mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty take it or leave it with uh, patchy stuff now. But I thought yeah. that it was like this episode, it was like mostly like charming. Um, the house party mm-hmm. episode, which is an episode, I think I, it's probably, no, it definitely is like my least favorite episode of the first three seasons. All that, I was just like, come on, like mm-hmm. just go yeah. to the episode. And then I didn't think that the actual cartoon was that good either. But mm-hmm. so anyway. What I did like yeah. about the patchy segment in this episode was mm-hmm. potty hatching an egg on the remote. <laughs> that, that was, was really crazy. clever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought the same thing. <laughs> I was kind of grossed out by it, but impressed at the same time. I think I audibly went, oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> and it like cracks and everything, but. Uh, but it just disappears the next scene. It's gone. Yeah. And the yeah. remote is just clean. <laughs> uh-huh. So um, really briefly, before we get into the actual 
like uh, the sponge who could fly. Um, so first, uh, he when he loses the the tape at the beginning, they have like a kind of like um, lifetime achievement award montage oh for SpongeBob. What yes. did you guys think of the remembering SpongeBob montage? Remembering SpongeBob. I I loved it. I yeah. loved it so much. I mean, yeah, it was like Lifetime Achievement Award or like yeah. you know, the In Memoriam right, uh, yeah. like the Oscars or whatever. Like, uh-huh. oh, it was so good. And it's like a lot of your favorite moments, but then some right. moments where you're like, wait, right? I, I didn't care about the scene. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah, him like plucking his eyelashes. You're like, that was like a standout, like remembering SpongeBob. They had band geeks. They had him singing like, yeah. yeah. And the prom. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, the prom, prom one. Mm-hmm. And uh, the muscle, muscle bob. Yeah. Pants. Mm-hmm. And, and then they and had some that... Go ahead, well, sorry. I like that they used... Um, fr- it's from muscle bob buff pants, but it's him dreaming what of what he'll look like. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> when he like, literally has this like buff yellow body. <laughs> yeah. When Standing in reality, over the, it's just the yeah. anchor arms yeah. or whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> what were you yeah. going to say, I was just going to say, yeah, I'm looking through like the uh, screen caps or whatever. And oh, some yeah. of them are like, like one is him like sucking on the table at the old man's home. Where you're <laughs> like, was that a standout moment for, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, or him like falling on the grill and shriveling up and stuff. But <laughs> but it was really charming because for one, it went on for way too long. Yes. Um, to like the music was just over the top, like perfect. super cheesy or whatever. But three, mm-hmm. it was fun, like, imagining them making this on the tail end of season three. And it's, like, mostly season one episodes. Mm-hmm. So the show is old enough to have nostalgia for itself at this point. Yeah, so, that's yeah. true. That's so that really was nice. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, with nice. that, so then, speaking of, you know, padding for time or whatever, they go, they find the... Uh, <laughs> buried treasure or whatever <laughs> steven hillenberg is plays the miner who hands him the vhs tape which i, I thought was I cute i looked over at liz and i was like why does he look so familiar yeah and she said it was steven i was like oh i wouldn't have like yeah, yeah, he yeah. was dirty like i don't know but uh-huh. that yeah, was, it was very silly but... uh-huh and he's going oh yeah. and i think patchy says i don't know what it means either and just moves on but yeah, funny i like that but so they um they put the tape in and we of course get the iconic walk cycle. <laughs> but if you remember, what was your reaction the first time you saw that when you were a kid? You remember? I don't know if I remember, yeah. but as an adult, I was like, that's fucking hilarious. Like that's we were, yeah. Yeah. It's hilarious, yeah. right? Because yeah. again, it, it goes for too long, <laughs> you know? And it's honestly really well animated. It would have been, okay, it would have been funnier if they just did that the entire episode. (laughs) Had like 25 minutes of him just like walking. That would have been pretty epic. Right. (laughs) I do like that they fake this out, first Uh of all. But that it really was, I mean, they could have done it for 15 seconds. And I don't think it would have been as funny or, I don't know, I wouldn't have liked it as much. Because you're really like... Wait, is this actually it? Yeah. Like, is right. this actually it? It's animated uh-huh. so well. Like the 3D like rendering yeah. or whatever is incredible. Uh-huh. And like the organ. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know if you saw this uh, in the trivia, but I guess um, the person who composed it 
um, it was uh, some keyboardist that toured with Beck. Um, I actually oh. heard this. I listened. There's an audio commentary with Steven Hillenberg and Tom Kenny for this episode. Okay. And I just kind of like offhand or like, yeah, I guess he toured with Beck or something. But Steven Hillenberg specifically asked him like if he could as much as possible just use samplings of ocean sounds to make it, um, which is why you can hear like bubbles in the background yeah. and like dolphins and stuff but yeah but it yeah, kind of sounds like the jellyfish jam song because that's does. like dolphins mm-hmm. and all that stuff uh-huh yeah but yeah it's freaking good and then patchy's yeah, reaction really- is like that's it it's like really <laughs> funny like we were talking about the animation too like i mean first of all that it's like a couple bars yeah. of like just him walking and then right. he's you know switches to be a different character or like a different looking Uh character but some of them to me kind of look like hey arnold some of them like different nickelodeon shows almost Uh like different like looney tunes or classic cartoons and i loved like seeing spongebob as these different right iterations almost right like I, i don't know you know how much uh that other shows influenced that specific segment but i thought that was really clever yeah it's really good it's like just genuinely very good animation and then Mm -hmm. a very funny setup for patchy to then uh decide that he hates spongebob and throws all his merch away when i was a kid i was like whoa he's got so much spongebob stuff like um so it worked on me i was like i want all that spongebob merchandising (laughs) and then him saying like i'm gonna run away that's what i'll do i was like that's really adorable actually but It's like we were all, we've all been there. Yeah. Yeah. I read that. So all of that merch is very similar to the regular merch, except he has enlarged pupils and a a bow tie. Mm -hmm. Because Uh for some reason, you might know this, Sam, for some reason, Mm -hmm. they're not allowed to have real merchandise on the show. Yeah. Yeah. So from what I understand it, there's a law in the United States that's basically, um, Within the show itself, you're not allowed to advertise to kids. Um, and so you can't have, like, toys and stuff like that. Um, it's also why, like, there used to be a lot more cartoons and stuff literally just, like, based on toys. But they'd have to get, like, more creative with Transformers and stuff like that. To where, like, if it felt like this is just a 30-minute commercial, they wouldn't let you run it. And so oh, for legal yeah. reasons... Um, I think I read somewhere that they literally sharpied pupils onto real life merch um, (laughs) to just like alter all of it. So, yeah, if you go back and look, his pupils are just huge. They look like like Felix the cat or something um, on everything. And, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's because if it were the actual merch, uh, Mm -hmm. Nickelodeon or somebody would be like, people are going to think. But ironically, it just I still was like, A, like I want all that merch. And B, I was like. that looks different. That looks like kind of like the toy that I have, but it's different. Where can I get that one? But that's something yeah. like a loophole, but still, like, yeah, I wanted all of it. Also, uh-huh. they marketed the crap out of this episode. They manipulated us as children. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, literally, the commercials are like, you know, <laughs> the last episode is brought to you by Cheetos. Like, yeah. it's so, it's, it's not that out of the goodness of their heart, they're like, well, we wouldn't want to merchandise this. Yeah. It's literally just. After the commercial break ends, we're not allowed to have merchandise on the show. So, (laughs) oh, God. That's fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, okay. 
uh, I, let's jump into this next clip, uh, and we'll jump into the actual uh, episode, The Sponge Who Could Fly. Here we see the proud jellyfish hunter. He stands motionless to lull the jellyfish into a false sense of security. And when his prey ventures too close, he springs into action. I salute you, O oh majestic jellyfish. Your command of the sky is unmatched, floating just out of the reach of my net, but near enough that I can see your untamed beauty. <laughs> All right, everybody, we're back with the episode The Sponge Who Could Fly. This episode was written by Paul Tibbet, Kent Osborne, and Meriwether Williams. Um, I think that this is a very cute episode. Uh, I, I, I don't remember it a ton, like uh, what you two were sharing, but... Like getting into the episode, I was like, "Oh, this is nice." He just like wants to fly. Mm-hmm. The animation is also, I thought, oddly like really good on this episode. Yeah, like really smooth. Mm-hmm. I don't know if if you two noticed that, but yeah, it felt different than yeah. the other animation. I know specifically the two things that I was really impressed with was when he looks up at the jellyfish mm. during the first song, uh-huh. and like. You can see the sun like kind of poking through and, and yeah. it looks very cinematic, which is kind yeah. of like, I mean, they wanted to make it kind of like a one-off musical, one-off movie almost type episode. And um, I don't know, that that's what stood out to me. And then I, I've i noticed this more in season three, but like the reflection of the water on the sand right. yeah. or like on the ground is uh-huh. really well done in this episode. But yeah, the animation did look different, like in a good yeah. way. It was really smooth, I think, is what right. you said. That's a yeah, good word to use. It just seems like higher budget or like, I don't yeah. think this is the case, but it literally almost seemed like there were more frames in between frames because it's just like oh, so that would make sense. Like buttery smooth. And mm-hmm. there's like a really satisfying, like anytime he moves, there's kind of like a bounce on his movements and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like specifically when he falls off the cliff and he blows up into like a million SpongeBob and then like comes back together mm-hmm. or whatever. But yeah. So right off the bat, I'm just like, this episode is so, I don't know, like special. I don't know. But yeah. Um, speaking of, uh, at the risk of playing, I guess not at the risk of, but I'm going to play two clips very close back to back, but that's kind of what this episode does. Um, immediately it jumps into, uh, like the musical theme of this. So I want to play this next clip, this entire like first song um, so that I can get the two music experts um, to uh, <laughs> chime in on, on your feedback on it. If only I could join you there in the air, floating free without a care. I wish I could fly and see things with a different eye. Wait a minute, I'm forgetting the words of Grandpa Squarepants. 
If we were meant to fly, we'd have propellers on our heads or jet engines on our backs. I'm gonna follow his advice, by gum. I'll invent a flying machine. And of course, SpongeBob goes on to build a uh, prop airplane. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, what are just your thoughts on the music in general? The musical esqueness of this episode. Um, what's what is music? <laughs> Well, it goes back to zero, zero, zero BC. That many zeros. This the opening little part to the song mm-hmm. was sounding almost exactly like the Little Mermaid. Yeah, a part of your world. Yeah, part of your world. Yeah, it yeah, is, yeah. It is very part of your world esque. Yeah, because he wants uh-huh. to fly out of not necessarily out of the sea, but he wants to do yeah. something that he can't normally do. Um, right. So I'm guessing that was, I mean, that had to have been intentional because it's like right. most the exact same. Right. It's literally, I think like one note off, maybe two. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. like almost the exact same thing. Uh-huh. But I liked this song because it was just kind of like charming and short. Uh-huh. Um, but Musically, it's very weird. Like right. it's just like the melody's right. kind of all over the place, and like the lyrics are dumb. Right. <laughs> no one will ask why it is that I can't fly or something like that. Yeah. I, I don't remember what the exact lyrics are, but I was laughing uh-huh. pretty hard at that. I'm like, that's something I would have written as a second grader. Like, yeah, yeah no one yeah. Will ever ask why I can't fly. Yeah. Anyway, but not but, like funny and weird in a memorable way it just right. like I, I even as i was watching this episode like five minutes into it i'm like how'd that song go like yeah. how did that right. sound mm-hmm. I, like it just wasn't it wasn't that memorable but right. it was cute yeah like right. it's, it was cute yeah right i think the only song i have a little bit of memory of is the one i talked with you about on one of the episodes uh, i think it's the last song um yeah i don't yeah, know yeah. what it's called but I can talk uh-huh. more about it when we get there. Sure. But that's yeah. the only one that's even slightly memorable for me. So right, totally, yeah, yeah. It is funny. Like so, on the audio commentary, Tom Kenny specifically references. He says, for one, it was really weird for him, like singing. He because when they went into recording it, he was like, we didn't know what SpongeBob singing Broadway music would sound like because yeah. he sung before, but not like a musical. And yeah. then he specifically referenced like. What would SpongeBob sound like in The Little Mermaid? Oh, um, nice. That's cool. <laughs> so, so I definitely think that they specifically had that in mind. Okay, uh, yeah. And these, the other two songs, uh, I think, I mean, maybe when we listen to it, it'll be more clear. But I'm pretty sure, like the second song, is just like the the bonjour, like opening yeah, song of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. And the third song is very like uh, like Aladdin. Like, let me show you the world, oh, yeah. you know? So uh, we were talking, yeah. we were like, what does this remind us of? What yeah. Movie? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if it's those songs specifically, but it's like very obvious that they're mm-hmm. like trying to spoof kind of a, um, like a Disney musical feel. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and it mostly works for me. I think that um, I was surprised at how few songs there were, if I'm honest, and how quickly yeah. they go. Because I, I, it was this thing of like, is this episode a musical? And the song starts, you're like, oh yeah, this is a musical. And then mm-hmm. you go like 10 minutes without music and you're like, is this a musical? Like, <laughs> yes, it feels like exactly they kind it. of want to spoof it, but don't <laughs> super commit necessarily. But mm-hmm. um, Did they market it as a musical episode? I don't remember. 
I don't think that they did. So this is the weird thing is I'm pretty sure marketing it. I don't. Well, I can't remember. I don't know if they like marketed the plot of the episode at all or if it was just like we found a lost episode. (laughs) I I remember images of him dressed up as Batman and him like with inflated pants. But I I can't remember if those were like the rerun commercials or not, you know, but that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but definitely I don't think it was marketed as like a musical. And I, I think it almost, you know, I think that it's a, a pretty solid episode overall, but but it definitely has these competing ideas in it, mm-hmm. which is like wanting to be a Disney musical and wanting to be the, the special TV like lost episode, like what happened mm-hmm. or whatever, which is honestly probably part of the reason why it wasn't super memorable after I saw it, because... There nothing revelatory happens in it. Like it literally could have been any episode of SpongeBob. Like, yeah. you know. Yes. So, mm-hmm. Anyway, but but I, you know, it's cute. It's a nice. Yeah. It's yeah. it's it a, is cute. He's a it's nice just, I, boy. <laughs> I think you're right. I, I can't remember how I worded it earlier, but mm-hmm. like it's just the execution. I don't know right. if it was necessarily there because there are yeah these competing ideas. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So cute. Yeah. Because the best SpongeBob, speaking of band geeks, I think the best SpongeBob is super bizarre and weird, but it feels like, like, stick with me here with the analogy. It feels like a very well engineered roller coaster where it's so well designed, like the best, like in Disney World or something, uh, where you feel like you could, like, fly off at any moment. But you never do because it's so tightly wound or whatever. And mm-hmm. Band Geeks does that where it feels like this isn't going anywhere. And then it all <laughs> comes together at the end. Yes, and then there's other episodes where they go for that. And it's like fun enough like this episode. But you kind of you're a little like sick and dizzy afterwards or whatever, you yeah. know. Um, so, yeah, it, it's that probably going to land. Analogy. Yeah. Thank you. I thought it was good, too. <laughs> write, write that down. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. So yeah, so speaking of great ideas, SpongeBob tries to create a prop plane. Uh, it <laughs> d- destroys uh, Farmer Jenkins' uh, <laughs> grain uh, bin or whatever. Grain silo. Um, grain silo, yes. Um, and we get like a cute montage of him trying these different things. We get like a Batman and Robin reference of him like wearing like you know tight spandex or whatever. Which when I was a kid, I'm sure I was like. That's a Batman reference. I never thought I'd see that in SpongeBob, you know. Um, apparently, the um, the lawn chair with balloons on it is a real thing that happened in California. You can look this up. Uh, I think it, his nickname is now Lawn Chair Larry or something. Um, a guy <laughs> actually like attached weather balloons to his lawn chair and floated up in, in the sky, and he had a BB gun to shoot the uh the balloons but dropped the bb gun and so he like needed help like getting back down crazy story look that up another time um but so i have a clip of this last bit here which i just thought like just made me like giggle a lot but uh so spongebob gets another idea he's gonna tie himself to to a kite uh, and i don't know very napoleon dynamite style have a uh, patrick pull him into town patrick get ready to say eureka okay It's working! I'm flying! 
Hey, look at that guy tied to a kite. We're careful. Oh Why is he doing this? Why is he doing this? Get down. Get down. Afraid, earthbound people. I am not a flying monster. I am just one of you. I enjoy the theme of one of the themes of this episode uh, that runs through it is um, that the townspeople really hate what SpongeBob is doing, and they just like <laughs> lay it on really thick that SpongeBob just wants to fly with the jellyfish. And like in that little montage, he starts flying in his kite, and it, for some reason, everybody's like, "Hey, I don't like that he's doing that." And it's just like, <laughs> like why would anybody care? At most, they'd be like, "That's weird," you know. Um, but it just like. In the most forced way, adds to this conflict of like, oh no, nobody understands him, you know. But, <laughs> yes, so. that's so true. <laughs> like, you wouldn't think this episode was about achieving your dreams, but SpongeBob really kind of makes it that, you know. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'd say tell tell everyone to follow their dreams, but maybe like, yeah. you know, keep some of them realistic. Right. Do you disagree? No, I feel that. <laughs> I think dreams are good. Podcasting about SpongeBob's kind of a dream, I guess. So hey, you're looking at your dream. You Do it on the side as a hobby, and mm-hmm. then someday crawl your way to the top and stab as many backs as you need to to monetize. I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, so they uh, speaking of like he goes to the store. Uh, he the, there's a newspaper that says that he's the local nutcase tries to fly and he's like, why can't you all just like, let me follow my dream. And there's a pretty depressing scene of everybody sharing how all their dreams, like, uh, failed them or whatever, you know? And it goes to commercial break. Um, and he's like, falls in a truck full of mud and then a truck full of feathers, (laughs) more truck humor as this show has uh, become, Kind of known for at this point, but so we'll throw it to a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to hear SpongeBob uh, sing another song um, after he discovers the power of flying pants. Will SpongeBob learn to fly? Stay tuned. Full speed ahead. We'll be right back. SpongeBob's Lost Episode is brought to you by Burger King, Hostess, and Dan and Danimals. Ahoy there, kids! Thanks for your help in this swashbuckling adventure. Now, here's the announcer man with some exciting news! Arr! Arr, Patchy! Now it's your chance to enter the SpongeBob SquarePants Lost Episode Sweepstakes. Yay! To enter, call 1 800 324 4409. I think my pants can handle it. One grand prize winner will win a trip to Jamaica, $1,000 in spending money, and a treasure chest full of SpongeBob SquarePants booty and hostess snacks. Oh, the booty! The booty! 500 first prize winners will receive a special edition. SpongeBob SquarePants Lost Episode T-shirt. Holy Krabby Patties! Log on to Nick.com or look in Nick Magazine for more details. This is gonna be the coolest party ever! This is your chance to win some booty-licious booty. Remember, the number to call is 1-800-324-4409. The adventure is happening now! You gotta be kidding me. Keep watching SpongeBob SquarePants Lost Episode. The SpongeBob SquarePants Lost Episode Sweepstakes is brought to you by the place where only kids win, Nickelodeon. SpongeBob toys have floated back to Burger King in every big kid's wheel to swim, squirt, and swing. It's nautical nuttiness. You can collect all eight toys and create your very own bikini bottom bunch. Have it your way. 
Congratulations! You have just seen SpongeBob's lost episode! That's enough good deeds for one day! But you want to see more? Let's watch it again! <laughs> That's a great idea, Polly! Then relive the spongy goodness all over again! This one's gonna fly! SpongeBob's lost episode! Tomorrow night at 8, 7 Central on the first network for kids and flying yellow sponges, Nickelodeon! This is gonna be great! Welcome back to Absorbing Yellow with the episode, the last episode, a.k.a. Uh, the Sponge Who Could Fly. Let's jump into this next clip uh, and hear uh, what happens next on SpongeBob's journey. Hey, look, Gary. I, I think I'm flying. Jellyfish fields, here I come. Mom, look. It's the flying guy. Wow. I guess he wasn't a lunatic after all. I'm flying. I'm flying. He's flying. He's flying. He's really, really flying. They laughed. They scoffed before I had lift off. But now he's flying. He's flying high in the sky. I'd love to hang around to say I told you so. But it's off to jellyfish. Fields I go. Mountain streets are not for me. Help. Please help. My snail is up a tree. Since I was a little girl But now it looks like the end of her world No! Gotcha! Next time, try the elevator Thank you, Birdman! I have never felt so free High in the sky is the place for me Tangled in the cap. Please put me down. And the song pretty much just ends there. But um, <laughs> what do you guys think of song number two of the three? The the line that sticks out is, "And I'll save Patrick <laughs> from this mime." Yeah, that one, yeah, I yeah. Just picture like the writers in the writers' room, like what rhymes with dime? Exactly. <laughs> mime, like okay. Right. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah. I, I, we both laughed pretty hard at that part. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that it's, um, it is very like the intro song to, or bonjour. What is that? Is it called bonjour? I don't actually know what it's called. Um, I just call it bonjour because it's, it's probably like providential life. Oh, is it called Bell? That would make more um, sense. Yeah. I was in the um, Plano West Senior High's production of Beauty and the Beast. I don't That's know if crazy. About that before, so. I think you but have brought it up before, because you played a lamp, right? Yes, I played a lamp. Not okay. a lamp. I know. I said that you played a lamp. What you were all <laughs> proud about it five seconds ago, and now you're no, not I so know. stoked I that <laughs> I forgot my line every night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But well, anyway, what was the line that you always forgot? You said it last time. You I brought did, it up, but um. Oh, this bread is stale. Oh, that's right. But, but your favorite line is, I need six eggs or something like I that. I need six eggs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, anyway. Which, what were you saying? Did you mention eggs in this episode? 
They that do. Guy, There's a lot of eggs. He says, um, he says, uh, I wrote it down. <laughs> hey, Birdman, gonna go check on your eggs? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're so mean to him. And then Body lays an egg. There's a lot of egg humor. Here. Egg humor. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, sorry to derail. No, that's okay. <laughs> what were we talking about? Beauty and the Beast. Oh, it sounds like the opening song is what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I like this song. It. I wouldn't say it's that memorable, but then when we yeah. watched it twice in a row, we remembered the mime part. And really, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's really good. It's funny too. How you like? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> really good. Um, so for one, I looked it up. It is called Bell. You're right. That's the nice. name of the song. <laughs> yeah. um, two uh, on the audio commentary, Tom Kenny. Uh, for one, it was really funny on the audio commentary. Tom Kenny keeps laughing. He's like, "I've never watched this episode. This is my first time seeing it." <laughs> so there's just like a lot of like, "Hey, that was really funny in it." Um, but with that part, like, <laughs> he says like, "Yeah, I tried really hard to hit that note, but I just couldn't do it. We took several takes, but I just can't hit that note." So, so it's like kind of fun hearing him acknowledge like he's not a singer by trade necessarily, you know? Yeah. Um, but then yeah, with the lyrics, it's specifically the mime line. I, like, I think you're spot on, Liz, with what you said earlier of like. The lines very much feel like they're just kind of like just trying to find what rhymes with the line before, you know, yeah. there's not really any rhyme or reason or they're not even really like we've got to get from point A to point B with this or tell a story <laughs> with this. They're just like, just start writing something. We've got a minute and a half to fill, like just write about him flying, you know, um, and yeah. it just feels like, you know, so me and Morgan, like we love uh the uh, play Hamilton or whatever, like unironically. Um, but I think that we kind of ironically love specifically our favorite line is 1776 New York city. Cause it feels like just the most theater kid thing, like yeah. very <laughs> musical. And there's a couple moments like that. And, and like, I'm flying, I'm flying. He's flying. He's flying. <laughs> just feels so like they, they wrote the word I'm flying. We're like, we can use this for several lines. Like yeah. just like sing it, you know? So there's a moment later at the end of the next song where he goes, yeah, that is like super like musically that we'll point it out when we get to it. But anyway, very funny. Uh, and after this, um, he, um, oh wait, oh my gosh. Uh, before I talk about the plot, we're going to take a little uh, trademark tangent on the podcast to talk about this. I just need to play really quick and appreciate this uh, clip. Um, there, we have the most random like news flash, uh, like interview about the flying bird man. All of Bikini Bottom is a buzz over the identity of a mysterious flying man who helps people. He found my hairpiece. He helps people, and he flies, and he helps people. <laughs> and I just, I don't know if this is a genre of humor or what, but it just reminded me so much of this. Here's like an actual customer out here. Uh, what's, uh, what's the best kind of firework to buy? Wouldn't you like to know, weather boy? <laughs> Where are your parents? It, it also reminded me of this. What did you think about the ride? It was great. It was really, I've never been on live television before, but apparently sometimes I don't watch the sh- I don't watch the news because I'm a kid and apparently every time apparently Grandpa just gives me a remote after we watch the Powerball. But of course, 
The most classic one. It reminded me the most of this. Back here live at the Waterfront Village with my friend, the zombie, Jonathan. You're looking good. Jonathan just got an awesome face paint job. What do you think? I like turtles. <laughs> All right. You're great zombie. And good times here at the Waterfront Village. Open for the next 11 days. <laughs> so basically, I just really like when the local news interviews kids and they don't. And in fact... The MP3 file I have of that is titled You Wit, You What, which is another video of a kid not being able to talk to me and Morgan quote often because this kid is just so unhelpful. He helps people and he flies and he helps. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, do you ever dream? Um, I don't know. That That's all I have. I don't even have a very interesting observation other than it was a funny joke. Um I really like the, uh, he found my happy, he found my happy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a good one, uh-huh. too. <laughs> yeah. It's really I ridiculous. Like, I feel like we are all, I mean, we grew up in the era of Vine. We we saw right. all these weird videos. I mean, we were like yeah. YouTube generation. We saw all uh-huh. these like viral videos that I guess, I mean, now there's TikTok and stuff, but right. That kind of stuff, I feel like that is a genre of humor that we all know. Totally. Like, we know all yeah. these weird interviews that, like, mm-hmm. little kids. Uh huh. It's so well observed because it's like the driest joke mm-hmm. and it has nothing to do with the episode, really. And they just move on. But yeah, it's yeah, just it's like, so great. it's the type of SpongeBob humor that I love where it's just like, I don't know. Like they comment on like the most mundane stuff, like, you know, like how you get mail, you know, and this yeah. is like, you know, how like kids on local news aren't very good at doing interviews, you know, the, you know, the, the scenario, you know, um, so just completely ridiculous. But um, how do you guys like the, the use of uh, old man Jenkins this episode? Mm. I feel they referenced him three times, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I felt like they should have only referenced him twice or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I mean, it was pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. I get what we've, you've talked before right. about how sometimes they followed like the rule, the comedy right. rule. Totally, sometimes yeah. they go way off of it. So like, right. I mean, I guess I get why they brought him up so much. I didn't like, it was kind of take it or leave it for me. Uh-huh. Um, well, there's one of them I like. I think I like the cannonball one. Yeah. When I laughed, at, I laughed at one of them. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but then we read that uh, this was like Old Man Jenkins' debut, oh, which is um, that's not, not right. true. It's not true. Yeah. yeah. But I looked it up, and the other. Well, maybe there's more than two times, but the two times mm-hmm. I found that Old Man Jenkins is in the episodes, each time it's a different guy. It is. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You, you've noticed that? Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it's a different voice. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. But this for sure is a different voice than the other yep. two times. Yep. So it's like just any old guy's Old Man Jenkins, except yep. for, you know, every man yeah. the boy. Shouts out. Yeah, no, I think it is like a different look and a different voice every time. Like, because when when it's uh, 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 oh, it's a uh, Destiny, the seahorse. They she oh, yeah. hey, old man Jenkins, and he says, yes. "I don't want to be a burden." I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's Tom Kenny doing the voice. I think yeah. it's like Bradley D. Baker, this one or something. But it's just along with like you know earlier we're like truck humor as SpongeBob does. Mm-hmm. They just really like old people humor, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh, the funnest uh, trivia I forgot to shout out earlier 
when we open uh, on this episode and they show Nickelodeon Studios and you see a guy um, like opening the door for somebody or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that is is his name Dan Dane. Crap, I don't have it in front of me. Do you remember Sarah? On the episode <laughs> Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, it's Don. Uh, do you remember when uh, Patrick's like, oh, no, they're old now. And SpongeBob says, what are you talking about? Old people are awesome. And then he goes, ding. That's Don, the parking attendant at Nickelodeon Studios. And so they put him in SpongeBob several times because everybody just loved Don, the parking attendant. That's so at the beginning of this episode, you see him open the door. And then yeah. uh, uh, Patchy the Pirate, one of his stops on the map is to um, Don's uh, oh import oh store God. and Delta. delicatessen or whatever yeah um and then he gets a special thanks in the credits too which i just thought was like very like cute and sweet like shout out to don shout out to don (laughs) yeah oh yeah sorry frick Uh, hold the applause while i or no like continue the applause Uh, let's hear for don that wasn't really the energy i was going for but this there we go Shout out to Don. No, sorry, not that one. Nope. Where's the clapping? There we go. Shout out to Don. I need to rename those files. This happens every time. (laughs) Yeah, they're stoked. Anyway, speaking of being stoked, why did I bring up old man? Oh, uh, because he changes the light bulb for the lighthouse and saves uh, Sailor Jenkins or whatever he's called now. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's just helping people doing mm-hmm. favors uh and he gets really burnt out and makes his way for jellyfish fields he's headed for jellyfish fields we'll never catch him now i'll take care of this it's cannibal jenkins i told you nothing good would come from city folk and their flying machines <laughs> What have we done? <laughs> Come on, everybody! I think a proper burial is in order. A pair of pants like these come around once in a lifetime. Well, it was fun while it lasted. I guess I'm not meant to fly after all. Uh... Huh? Okay, so I'm just about to play this next song, but I guess before I play this this last song at the end of the episode, do you guys have any thoughts on this? The town uh, killing his flying dream and so on and the like. <laughs> That's all I, got. I do. I do appreciate whenever there's like a mob for no yeah. reason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they're just like, why are they so? I don't know. I, I thought it was pretty funny that all of a sudden there's a mob, and right. I like how they move to like the animation moves together oh, yeah. on the buildings and stuff. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I don't know if you had anything. No, that was pretty much it. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Only thing I would add is Cannonball Jenkins made me giggle. Yeah, so that I was like, yeah. that's so stupid I, that <laughs> he just hates SpongeBob for some reason. And... <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, well, his silo. Yeah, right. That's true. Yeah, same, same. he doesn't trust the well, city true. folk. He's had a rough day. Mm-hmm. City folk <laughs> and their flying machines. But so this is the point of the episode where I was like, 
Because I, I was kind of like, I don't know, is this a very good episode or whatever? But this last song is just so, uh, what is the word that I always forget? Saccharine? Is that it? Sanguine? Yeah. Whatever. It's very sweet. Oh, yeah. What, I think it's yeah. saccharine, but you say yeah. sanguine. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't remember. I, I don't know why I try with anything, really. But um, but so I'm like, speaking of I don't know why I try, uh, SpongeBob is so down in the dumps, but then these jellyfish come and just like make his day. I'm like, this is very sweet, actually. This is like a very cute ending. So so anyway, um, we get this final song and the wrap-up of the cartoon uh, as the jellyfish lifts SpongeBob up into the air. Hey, my jellyfish friends are helping me fly without pants. I guess it just goes to show you don't need a plane to fly. Plastic wings may make you cry. Kites are made for windy days. Lawn chair with balloons fly away. Friendship. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, jellies. You taught me a valuable lesson. Although I'm not quite sure what it was. Hey, let's fly down to the pizza house for a slice. No more flying for me, Patrick. I'll leave that to the jellyfish. Suit yourself. <laughs> Did Patrick just... <laughs> bye bye. Nah. And that's the episode, and then it ends with friggin' Patchy trying to rewind the v- VHS tape or something, and a mariachi band appears or whatever, and then that ends too. But um, <laughs> I'm curious, what did you guys think of the song? What did you think of the episode? I I liked this song. I yeah, I, yeah, think, yeah. I mean, out of the three, it's my favorite. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's the one that kind of stuck in my head like a little bit of melody. I don't know if I would have remembered all of it, but um, I also like that it's just um, about friendship. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All you need is Uh friendship. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Did you hear what I'm talking about with the, yeah, (laughs) like (laughs) his mic, like at the very end, like it's so self-indulgent, but, but nice. So I can't imagine how difficult it was to sing in a SpongeBob voice. Mm -hmm. Right. It would have been really yeah. good. It really is impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So. What was that mm-hmm. line that they're singing before? Um, you may as well skip. You may as well skip. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> that was good. I like that. So yeah. funny because it's so high, but it's also very like choral. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. We both love it. That's really that. good. You yeah. like the song, right? Or, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, yeah. It's like maybe the best out of the three. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't think about it being um, like part of your world. It kind of is because he's like above everything. Oh, you mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm um, what's it called? A whole new world. A whole new world. Different A whole world. new world. Different, <laughs> yeah. Close. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know if they're like super one to one or not. That was just the one that came to my mind. Probably yeah. honestly, partly because they're flying and they're yeah. like above yeah. stuff or whatever, you know. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So yeah. Uh, Sarah, you, you were hyping up. So you have a thought. You look like you have a thought. Well, go ahead. When he's flying on the jellyfish at the end. Uh huh. Um, oh yeah. It that's very ahead. magic carpet. Oh yeah, that is. That's true. It reminded me of I used to have 
Revenge of the Flying Dutchman, the oh. my Game Boy Advance. Uh, no way. Yeah, it was the only game I owned. I literally wow. got the Game Boy Advance to play SpongeBob. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> That's but it, yeah. it reminds me of um, well, it reminds me of the the jellyfish. Well, oh yeah, jellyfish jam. Yeah, it reminds me of jellyfish so, jam. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's yeah. like a I think it's this game where they have a uh-huh. scene where you have to beat the jellyfish and like dance with them. Mm-hmm. It just oh. kind of reminded me of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I didn't know you had that game and I like loved Game Boy. I would, yeah, I would, yeah. It was the best. I would have played it if had I known. That's so fun. <laughs> Dude, I, so I had Battle for Bikini Bottom when I was a kid for the GameCube and I did not know that the Curse of the Flying Dutchman existed, but I discovered it like working on this podcast as like an adult man or whatever. And I was just like, so like, what is this? And I watched so many YouTube videos just because there's something really charming about like SpongeBob and like Game Boy sprites or whatever. And like hearing them like with like chip tunes, like try to make the SpongeBob music or whatever. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so deep cut. But deep cut. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just going to ask. Oh, Sarah, you have the face again. Do you have a thought? Oh, no. What were you going to ask? <laughs> oh, I was just going to say you're, you, you hyped up a lot uh, beforehand. Uh, both of your uh, musical knowledge. So I wanted to ask one more time if you had any like, uh, you know, thoughts on either the music of this episode or SpongeBob in general. Um, maybe that's not really connected to anything. Maybe you're just kind of flexing on that you both can sing and stuff. Flexing, but, but yeah, but I will say, like, <laughs> I mean, I liked this episode. I thought it was yeah. enjoyable. I thought yeah. it was cute. Right. Um, the music was like kind of whatever to me because I mean, we right. were talking before, like literally from the get-go like season one you have fun you have ripped pants you have memorable songs Uh i mean we've talked about songs on the podcast but like right so many really well done songs that these kind of felt like "Eh, i guess i get what you're trying to do but nothing's gonna be even like um the songs that were already made like um sweet victory like that obviously wasn't made for the show but it like yeah is a it just really good song and mm-hmm. or you know my yeah. good friend chris von snyder and song yeah, like, shout out in to the chris. Wormy episode like mm-hmm. there are there's so much good music in this show that like i could have taken or left some of these yeah yeah stand up to the music in the rest yeah the memorable totally. from the first couple seasons. yeah, yeah. First yep. but yeah i like the nod to like disney movies or whatever or musicals right. or broadway but yeah right yeah yeah the um the only other episode that had like the more musical to me that i remember the more musical like music what was the it's just a greasy just yes. a oh fun. yeah dude what, what that's that very one? disney yeah. uh is that welcome to the chum bucket where yeah, where he works for plankton he trades yeah <laughs> That was great. That is memorable. Uh-huh. And that I think is a better execution of I agree. Like a Broadway yeah. musical. Like they could have ran with yeah. that episode and made it yeah. maybe more musical if they wanted to. Yeah. And I also I read that um in Singapore they like mm. created a musical based off of these songs and based off oh, of yeah. this episode, which huh. I think is well you you've watched the actual spongebob musical right but yeah I, I just feel like that why make one off of this episode like there's yeah. so many better right. songs anyway, right the marketing, I think, the marketing. Yeah, I, I think it's just because it's low-hanging fruit it's like oh this would be easy to convert but yeah but yeah 
other than Best Day Ever, um, the actual SpongeBob musical is like all original music, you know? Right. Um, but, oh. but yeah, I remember what you're talking about with the um, uh, a grill is just a grill or whatever. Or this grill is not a home, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Um, I remember we had my friend Hunter Pruger on, who is also a, a musicite or whatever, um, and can sing in <laughs> D minor. Um, and he pointed out, he's like, there's literally a a, a chord change like oh, halfway through change. the first, or a key change halfway yeah. through the first verse, you know? So that, I agree 100%, is like such a spot on like lampooning of like a Disney over dramatic mm-hmm. song or whatever, you know? But Yes. So, mm-hmm. I think that there's a line that SpongeBob says here at the very end, which is, quote, you taught me a valuable lesson, although I'm not quite sure what it was, that I think sums up my feelings of the episode, yeah. where it's like, this was pretty fun. I don't mm-hmm. really know what happened, but, and, <laughs> you know, like, sometimes episodes will do that of, like, isn't it funny how this doesn't mean anything? And I'm just always like, yeah, but, like, it could have. Like, yep. you can have an ironic ending with, like, a little bit more, you know, like, yeah. I don't know, heart or whatever, you know. But So yeah. this one lands, I think, is, like, a probably a solid, like, three and a half out of five for me, where it's, yeah. like, it's good, not super memorable. You'll, like, chuckle, but not be, like, I want to watch that again or whatever, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, I'd say three out of five for me. Same. Mm-hmm. I remember nice. being underwhelmed as a kid, too. Like, yeah, being, yeah, on the yeah. Phone, yeah. being on the phone with my friend Marisa, and we were like, mm. eh, right. not that great. It was hyped, right. It was just hyped up so much. I almost exactly. feel like it was, like, set up, not set up to fail, but it was so right. hyped. Like, everyone was so excited for it. Right. And, and the fact that it was just mediocre was really disappointing. Totally. Like, mediocre <laughs> that's really good um yeah i really i mean like welcome to the chum bucket honestly would have been a great like last episode or do yes. something that's like about the crusty crab or something something of consequence that you're yeah. like this is like i don't know earth shattering or whatever i mean it's and spongebob bring in but... characters like mr right. crab that is so squidward true. sandy like bring in squidward right. was in the episode for one line and sandy right. wasn't even dude weirdest thing carolyn lawrence is in the credits listed as sandy i'm like she's not in this episode why like so i don't know if she got cut or what but i didn't look this up but i wondered if like scenes and or songs were cut from the episode too right but maybe maybe not but yeah Yeah. that is interesting yeah so i don't know anyway um well before we wrap up just really quick and i know this is too broad of a question but uh, I guess for one thing, Liz, thank you again for being on the podcast. It was fantastic having you on. You lived up to the hype. Um, yes. If you could sum up very briefly, what makes SpongeBob so great? What would you say? Oh, God. Um, it's timeless. And I feel mm-hmm. like the jokes resonate across generations. Mm-hmm. Like, I found it funny mm-hmm. as a kid. I find it fucking hilarious as an adult. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I could watch it with my older brother. And we both thought it was hilarious. The music is great. And, oh, um, this is, I'm sorry, this is going really long. Um, Oh, that's okay. There was no, there was no romance in the show. So yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you. Watching stuff with my parents, I always like, you know, hey, Arnold, Rocket Power, if there were any like crushes or like kissing Mm -hmm. scenes or whatever, I felt so uncomfortable. My parents were watching it, but I could feel really safe putting Uh SpongeBob on and know Mm -hmm. that there was like not going to be it was all just about friendship and not right. about romance. There was mm-hmm. none of that. Mm-hmm. Well, except the episode where Mr. Krabs is trying to court. Right. Mrs. But, he, yeah, Mrs. Yeah. but I mean, like, you know, whatever. It's hilarious. It's, it's hilarious yeah. and right. it's not like uncomfortable right. anyway. But yeah. I love that about it too. Cause I yeah. just like, I felt 
comfortable as a mm-hmm. young child watching it with mm-hmm. my parents, not fearing that there's going to be this like awkward mm-hmm. right. content. Yeah. 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 That's great. Cool. Really just is. the best. It's just the best. You could have just said that. That would have yeah. sufficed. I'm just kidding. That's great. I love all that. Um, so thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Liz. And thank you, listener, for joining us. And please join us next week for the, sadly, last episode of season three uh, in the original run of SpongeBob when we discuss SpongeBob meets the Strangler and pranks a lot. Oh, boy, what a loser. Well, I guess the last episode will remain lost. But tape or no tape, as long as there are stars in the sky, SpongeBob will live on in our hearts and in our minds. Now get lost. I mean, bye. Uh, No, really, get lost. I don't know what it means either.